Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Silk, behind him for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, we got games this week coming up on Friday. So that is, what do you guys call that? Two days away or three days away? Because we're still working on today. Give me an idea. Is it, uh, is it two and a half? Uh, how many days until we get uh, VGK Hockey with the Rookie Showcase? Three sleeps. Three sleeps. That's the uh, most accurate uh, way to describe that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all coming up. We've got the games on Fox Sports Las Vegas Friday, Saturday, and then on Monday. We'll chat about it uh, in detail with the Director of Player Debe- Development with the Vegas Golden Knights, Will Nickel, at the bottom of hour number two. So in about uh, 24 minutes' time, we'll uh, chat with Will. But right now, let's go around the league. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Going to be quick here. Uh, Mark Stone's brother, Michael, has signed a PTO, professional tryout offer, with the Calgary Flames. He spent a lot of time with the Flames organization over the years. Uh, I would expect them to ink a deal. Uh, they got to work some uh, money around uh, with the Calgary Flames. Uh, not prepared to lock themselves in right now to a corner, but I do expect uh, Mark's brother, Michael, to play uh, with the Calgary Flames at some point this year. Another signing, a full contract this time, uh, comes out of the St. Louis Blues and a player who's on the younger side coming off that uh, uh, first exposure to the National Hockey League and getting big money. And this one is Jordan Cairo, who gets an eight-year deal from the St. Louis Blues, and it values $65 million. So it's eight for eight, and he's a great young player. Boys, he had amazing starts the last two years, and there's no bridge contract here. He goes from borderline rookie money to big cash. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, obviously this is a, a great deal for Jordan Cairo. You, you want to cash in uh, for as, as big a money and as, as long a contract as you possibly can, I, I guess, in this situation. So uh, you go 8 by 8.125. I'll take that all day long. You're talking about a guy that, you know, is, is really coming into his own. I think y- you saw the, the ability to put the puck in the back of the net, obviously the offensive instincts, but uh, the wheels that he's got too. So, um To me, it was kind of a no-brainer. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And I believe in this deal a lot more than I believe in the Buffalo Sabres and Tage Thompson. So it's a four-year guy in the Jordan Cairo. uh, Mm -hmm. Played 16 games in his rookie year and then goes up to 28-55. And then last year with a full 82-game season, plays in 74 games, 27 goals. The implications of every deal are used by agents in comparables does this have any do you think influence on what nick Hag is going through 
a young player coming off his ELC, entry-level contract. Different positions, but does, do you think, uh, Nick Hague's agent say, look, the St. Louis gives big money to a young player. We should get big money for our young player. Um, I, I don't necessarily believe that in so far as this isn't the contract coming right off of the ELC for Jordan Cairo. This no. is actually that, that third contract for him. He's got his ELC. He's on a two-year bridge deal, and now he's worked himself into this big money contract. So in that situation i don't see an apples to apples comparison um to what jordan kairu was able to do and where nick Hague is likely going to want to go um i don't view them as comparables at all i, I really don't okay. like it's that's it, good it's good for you know kind of trying to go that route but i just don't see it okay jason robertson mm -hmm. is it similar there um i i think that bridge for kairu is is really what kind of throws it out of whack but um but he I scored, think Kyrou scored 27, Robertson I, scored 41. I mean, I, I think that what we've been saying for the last two weeks now is is what it is. Jason Robertson's going to be a $9 million player, and that's just the fact of the matter for the Dallas Stars. Like, they're going to have to find a way to do it, but that's what he's worth. $9 million would make him paid more than Cairo. Yeah. This year. Yeah. I don't think that happens. Well, he's going to be paid more than Kyrie. Kyrie is making 2.8 this year. Right, but sorry, uh, next year. I, I, I don't think it happens. I, I don't think the, when the Kyrie contract kicks in, it doesn't it doesn't mean that Robertson's going to make more than uh, so you than him. So you expect Robertson on a on a bridge deal? Some kind of well, just the the dollars aren't there right now. Yeah, the the stats are. The value to the team is there, yeah, but the salary cap space isn't, and that's where teams are running up against it right now. Is teams are legitimately saying we can't, we don't have any money. Look, look at cap friendly. I'll log in here, right here. I'll look at it, <laughs> and the the players and the agents say it's not our fault. It's we're I mean still, it's not. We still like, want it. If I'm Jason Robertson, I'm I'm paying. I'm I am playing for nine million dollars next year. Period. Like. And the goal totals will, will back that up, and I get it. Like you, you want to talk about young players coming off of an entry level, and they want to get X amount of dollars. If you've got a guy that scored forty goals, and you believe that that's repeatable, and I think it is with Jason Robertson, don't overthink it. it I, I get it. You're going to have to move a body. You're going to have to move a player out, and it's going to suck, and it's not going to make your team. I mean, I would argue that it makes your team better because you got Jason Robertson in the lineup, and that's important. But. Um, you got to find a way to make it work. And and if Jason Robertson signs a bridge deal and he goes two years or three years and it's seven and a half somewhere in there, then look out because that next contract he signs with the Dallas Stars is going to be massive. Yeah, I don't know if they can even get to seven. Uh, Washington Capitals in the news. Tom Wilson is believed to be ahead of schedule in his return from a torn ACL. Hmm. And Nick Backstrom is expected to at least be on the ice with the team at their photo shoot later on this week as all teams are doing their openings and all the glitz and the glamour and the media days uh, and that you see on the scoreboard and the television uh, broadcast. Uh, Backstrom is coming off of hip surgery in June. So mm -hmm. that is positive news for the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I'd like to believe Nick Backstrom's going to be able to get back and play and, and be healthy and be 
the Nick Backstrom that we all love and and admire, um, because that's what's best for the player. That's what that's what's best, I think, for hockey in general. I I want to see it happen. I don't know that I have a, a ton of hope that it will happen. Uh, as far as Tom Wilson goes, that's good because the Washington Capitals are going to need Tom Wilson in the lineup. I don't think Washington's going to be an automatic playoff team next year. And at some point here soon, we're Who's going... Who's their goalie? The Washington Capitals? Yeah. Darcy Kemper. Right. Okay. That was a, a facetious, a facetious uh, question. Uh, I. He won a Stanley Cup. Uh, okay. I mean, I hear you. I get what you're what you're trying to say. Um, I I don't trust it. I don't trust it. And and frankly, like as as good as Darcy Kemper was, he was not the only guy for the Colorado Avalanche in their playoff run last year. Pavel Francouz played about half the games and was instrumental in them winning games too. So it wasn't the Darcy Kemper show. It's not like Darcy Kemper. Mm put his team on his back and and single-handedly won a Stanley Cup. You're calling it the Detroit Red Wings model. Yeah, 100%. 100%. The Coachella Valley Firebirds have added to their coaching staff. Stu Bickles signed. It's really not that big of a story, to be honest, but I just wanted to mention the Coachella Valley Firebirds of the American Hockey League. Such a great name. Yeah. Uh, they will face uh, off against the Henderson Silver Knights uh, this winter uh, with their first year. They are the uh, AHL affiliate of the Seattle Kraken playing mm-hmm. out of Palm Springs. You uh, you ever been to Coachella Valley? Nope. Hot. Why didn't they call them Palm Springs? There's a lot of palm trees. No, but what like why didn't they call it Palm Springs Firebirds instead of Oh Coachella Valley? Because Coachella Valley is the name of the valley. Oh, okay. That's not really an answer, but what? I was just curious why, because uh, I've I've heard of Palm, but I haven't heard of Coachella. But that's just you, me. Whoa, uh, no, because, no, no, no. You've because, never heard of Coachella Valley? Well, now I have, but not not before like three years ago. And we should be clear: they actually yeah. don't play out of Palm Springs. They play out of <laughs> Palm Desert. Palm Desert. Sorry. So maybe that's why, because most people don't know Palm Desert. Right. I know Palm Desert. I know Palm Springs and Coachella Valley. I'm very well versed in the Palm. Hot parts of California. It's got it in the palm of your hand. Uh, Dallas Stars. Oh, that was bad. That was terrible. <laughs> have continued. That was truly, truly awful. Thank you. Uh, the Dallas Stars have signed general manager Jim Neal to mm. an extension. Yeah. One year. It goes through 23-24. So he was going into the last year of his deal mm-hmm. this winter and now has signed on for the next season i think the the next contract depends on the jason robertson contract i i don't know i i don't know how long jim wants to do this yeah there may be one of those like he's there and he may be ready to hand off the keys in a year and a half uh that's that's sort of what i see here because i I think jim's done a pretty good job and he's very well thought of uh in the national hockey league uh at first glance let me put it this way if I didn't know as much about Jim Neal mm-hmm. and, and how he handles himself and and his performance, I would say, oh, that's a funny contract. There must be some heat on him. Mm-hmm. But he's taken this team to a final. He's drafted. He did one of the greatest drafts ever uh, with uh, 
the the Heisken Robertson Ottinger draft. Sure. Um, he's he's got some. He's gambled and and won to a certain extent with Ben and and Sagan. Uh, he's pretty good. So I I think this is sort of. This is more on Jim saying, ah, I'll take another year, uh, and uh, then we'll decide where we go from there. If that's kind of the direction that it is, I think it's good for people to call their own shots when they get to a certain point in their career. So, uh, you know, I still think that I'm going to tie this off season, this ability to roll in with with or without Jason Robertson on a contract, like that's going to be the most important thing that happens with the Dallas Stars outside of anything else. Um, it's got to get done, and it's got to get done quick. If I wasn't negotiating the next deal, and I knew it mm-hmm. with Jason Robertson, mm-hmm. I'd be saying all kinds of things to him. Like, don't worry, you're going to get your cash. It'll be fine. We'll be good. Yeah, sure like, uh, I, I, I hear you. If I'm Jason Robertson, I'm not playing that game. But I'm shallow. And Jim's not. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> will not have Jake McCabe in the lineup when the season begins. Mm-hmm. He recently underwent cervical spine surgery. He'll be out 10 to 12 weeks. We've heard of disc replacement surgery, mm-hmm. but this is cervical spine surgery. And what is that? It is usually performed to treat nerve or spinal cord impingement, Eesh. spinal instability, and it uh, is characterized by pain, uh, pain that radiates uh, from the neck to the arms. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a pleasant uh, no, thing to be playing through. So, gotta get gotta get your body taken care of. That's the that's the most important thing. Here's what I'm find fascinating. He's out ten to twelve weeks. Yeah. Uh, prospect uh, Jalen Lupin had rotator cuff surgery. Mm-hmm. He's going to miss more time, like as much as a month and a half more mm-hmm. than Jake McCabe, who's having surgical spine surgery. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like rotator cuffs, I think are are tricky because there's so many directions your arm can move at at that joint that I think there's a lot more that that needs to happen in the rehab process. But um, it is funny how you would think that yeah. surgery on your spine would surely take longer than surgery on your shoulder, but yet here we are. Yeah, that is strictly just a, a layman's opinion uh, of the, and grasp of the medical yep. uh, scene. Cody Eakin, 31-year-old forward. Scored uh, four goals last year hey. for Buffalo. He has signed a uh, PTO with the Calgary Flames, one of the the many guys with a professional tryout offer. And Eric Stahl, mm-hmm. he's knocking on 40. Yeah. Just a couple of years shy of that. Uh, one of my favorite guys, and boy, uh, did he do a job with Minnesota a couple of years ago. Yeah. He was outstanding. Uh, he has a PTO with Florida. Interesting that they're going down that path with Eric Stahl, but walked away from uh, good old Joe Thornton. No, it's not. I think Eric Stahl is probably a better option at this point than Joe Thornton. Do you think Joe signs anywhere, or do you think he's done? Um, I, I don't think Joe Thornton is an NHL player anymore. Hot take as that might be, I just I don't see it. So I don't see there being an option. Like I could see Joe Thornton going to Sharks, K- 
camp on a PTO. I could see that. Really? I could. I do I think it's likely? Do I think he'll like work himself into any team's lineup? No. But that's me. I, just, I don't. I just I don't, don't see think it. San Jose's uh, going down that path uh, at all. Joe Thornton is uh, right there on top of most games played for an active player, and he's <laughs> still considered active right now at uh, sixteen hundred and eighty. He is less than a hundred away from Patrick Marlowe. He's not going to play two more years mm-hmm. because well, if he played every game for two more years, he would, he would get that record. He doesn't. He's been public saying he's not going to pass Patrick Marlowe. He's going to give Pat, Patty that uh, that that record. But out of Joe Thornton and Zidane Chara, who are one two among most games played by active players, who do you think plays this year? Uh you can go neither. Yeah, I'm going to go neither. I'm going to go neither. Uh, it's probably going to be wrong. It'll probably be probably be Chara. It'll probably be both of them. But I don't think either one should play this year. I love it if they both played and they played in the same team. Why? Be well, awesome. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch that team play. Why? Big Z? You see what Big Z did last year? He was throwing people around because he couldn't do anything else. Oh, I think he can still be All right. okay. a contributor. All right, that's fine. I would say more. I'd argue. I'd argue. Than Joe. Yes, I'd argue with you that if there was a player of those two that could actually play at the NHL level, that caliber, it would be Zdeno Chara over Th- Joe Thornton. Part of me thinks that Big Z deserves another contract to get into the top five of all time. For games played, where are you? Where are you? Where are you giving him that contract? Well, I think he can still play with a team with a playoff team if you spot him in. I think he can play fifty games, uh, absolutely on on any playoff team. Vegas, because I, I know them uh, much more intimately than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You, you're not cracking this blue line at all. Not even as a seventh guy. You just don't have any space there. But but other teams, I, I could see him being a very valuable seventh player on, on this team. Just everything that he's done, everything and, and as fit as he's been and mm-hmm. uh, the, the amount of games that he's played, I just think he deserves to be in the top five. I know it's not charity, but I'd like to see him in the top five. So right well, now the top you, five are Marlowe, yeah. Howe, Messier, Yager, uh-huh. and Francis. You know what those five guys all have in common all five are forwards yeah so a okay. defenseman would be nice there's only two defensemen in the top 10 chelios mm-hmm. and chara so you said he wouldn't crack the vegas blue line no but you said he he could spot in for can, a good team, I think he can spot. There's, there's some good teams. I, I have like, to take a closer look at it, but I so, think, so like Colorado. Uh, that pace may that, like that style doesn't work for him. Okay, Minnesota. Uh, to well, you know what? If they made a trade and freed up <laughs> some cap room, yeah, and we've heard all about like Matt Dumba's been available for five years. They've mm-hmm. been trading Matt Dumba, yeah, and that contract, it's. it's borderline unfair to him that his name's always out there 
True. But it, it's because of uh, the, the salary. If they ever did that, you're not replacing Matt Dumba with Z, but you're replacing – you could certainly fit his contract in there because he'd be probably a million-and-a-half type contract. You know what? Uh, I actually I, – I would like to see Zidane Ochara play next year, and I'd like to see him play for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, that would be awesome. The <laughs> Battle of Alberta with Chara – <laughs> Sign me up for that. Let's I think I think Sedano, I think <laughs> I think Sedano Chara at like what is he forty five? No, is he? I don't know. Old, no. right? No, no not, not forty. Not forty five. Okay, how old is Sedano Chara? Chapman's looking it up. I need an answer here. Who finds it first? He's forty five. Wow. He will be 46 on March 18th. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm not kidding you (laughs) when I say this, and this is why I I don't buy the Edmonton Oilers for much. Um, Zdeno Chara at 45 might be the third best defenseman on the Edmonton Oilers if he signed. I would take him, but then you'd have to call him the Big Zed. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, because he's in Canada. We're not in Canada. No, but... He is. It automatically goes. Remember that whole pronunciation we talked about the other day? Yeah, I'm not you crossing got, him. Yeah, you got to go. I'm not crossing him either. I did a promo with him one time where we were goofing around. Kipper mm-hmm. and I were goofing around, and then we had to stop because Chara was giving us the he evil would, eye, he and he gave even. us the like the fingers and yeah. the I'm watching you thing. Yeah, That was scary, and that was just make-believe. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Tuesday, September 7th, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the BGK Insider Show. I love interacting with people on social media. Most are pretty nice. I don't block a lot of people. I just ignore them. But for the most part, I love the interaction with our audience. And I'm looking forward to the games this weekend. This is normally a time in the show where we bring you one-timers. News and notes from around the NHL, but we already did that because we wanted to clear the path and the area for Will Nickel, Director of Player Development uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, who will put their young prospects through the test this week as training camps start. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the rookies uh, will gather on Thursday. They will practice. And then 17 forwards, nine defensemen, and a couple of goaltenders, total 28 players, will head off to San Jose for the annual rookie tournament that the Golden Knights uh, take part in. Last year uh, was the first time in a while. But uh, they will skate on, on Friday, uh, and they will take on Arizona. And that is going to be a 5 o'clock start in Arizona pregame show uh, with uh, our good friend Brian McCormick. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll be on the air uh, with that one. So I think actually I think it's four thirty is the game, and he'll be on the air at uh, four o'clock. And then there's games on Saturday and on Monday. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the year, my favorite time of the year because it means that hockey is officially back, and we've got games, and we'll have games for a very long time. So I cannot wait for Friday. Uh, Saturday's game will uh, put uh, the Golden Knights against the L.A. Kings. And then we have the uh, Sunday is a day off, and Monday is the Golden Knights against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, So that's your uh, rookie uh, tournament schedule for the Vegas Golden Knights. uh, Friday against Arizona, 
uh, Saturday uh, up against the LA Kings, and then Monday afternoon versus the Anaheim Ducks. And all can be heard through Brian McCormick's voice on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. And some of the players that uh, that are going to take part, uh, we'll talk to uh, Will Nickel about this in a second, but uh, the likes of Lucas Cormier, who is uh, going to be involved in this tournament. Uh, You also have uh, uh, Brennan Bersan is going to be part of this tournament. So uh, a lot happening there as we bring in the Director of Player Development, uh, Will Nickel, on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Will, uh, how are you, buddy? Hey, Darren. How you doing, man? How was your summer? I'm doing great. I am so happy to be back. Uh, summer was uh, awesome. A little uh, chance to uh, just uh, decompress uh, after the last couple of years. Uh, and I wanted to do this off the top, buddy, uh, and I hope you're okay with this. But uh, yeah. y- you've got the Director of Player Development title, but I know how much you do. Uh, can you give people an idea of what the job description is and maybe some of the stuff that, uh, that you reach out, the tentacles uh, reach out to players? Yeah, um, I guess if I was going to, it's funny to get asked this question a bit, and uh, I was fortunate, Darren, to to coach at some different levels, never the pro level, but uh, anywhere from midget in high school to junior in college. Um, uh, But I I, I tell people, you know, that the thing that probably helps me as much as anything with this job is the two years that I was a, a high school teacher. Um, because I, I always felt that if you're a good teacher, you know, each, each season is like a new school year, right? Mm-hmm. And when you walk in that first day as a teacher, you've always got uh, a new classroom, right? And if you're a good teacher, you want all the kids to do well. And you understand that all kids learn differently and have different strengths and different weaknesses, right? So I think the biggest part of my job is to get to know the the person, right, and get to know not just their strengths and their teaching points, but their personality and uh, and how I can connect with them and help them hit their ceiling. So, you know, for some kids, um, I'm I'm more of a big brother, you know. Um, For some other kids, I'm more of a personal coach. So it really kind of goes player by player, if you will, in terms of, what I do, uh, I get to wear a lot of hats. Uh, I, I feel like I have the best job in hockey. I absolutely love it because I feel like I get all the best parts of coaching and teaching, and I, I don't necessarily have a scoreboard. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to help each one of these kids hit their ceiling. So this is a big week for you with all the top prospects uh, coming in with the organization and then going to the rookie tournament in San Jose. Are, are you nervous? at all going through is knowing that these are your kids, you know them intimately and uh, their backgrounds and what they might be looking at? I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for each one of the players that, that is here. You know, my hope is that, um, is that they play their best, um, you know, and, and if they do, I know they're going to show well. Um, I'm also realistic, you know, and I know that they're, they're young and they're probably nervous a little bit. Uh, so hopefully we can help uh, combat that and, uh, and and take care of those nerves early so they can just go out and uh, and, and have some fun and, and play a game that they love. But, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'm more excited for, for the kids. One of my favorite guys is uh, Will Nickel, the Director of Player Development with the Vegas Golden Knights. We've got the Rookie Tournament coming up, and you can listen to it on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas against uh, Arizona starting on Friday, Ryan. Correct. Yeah, you know, I... 
I'm I'm kind of curious about the the off ice kind of measurements of development with some of these players because you talked a lot about just getting to know them, getting to know what what styles work for them, how you can best communicate certain things to players, and oftentimes with player development, we're only focused in on what they're doing on the ice. But what are some of the things off the ice that they're working on here? Well, you know, again, it's it's for each kid, right? And and every kid's different. Um, for for a lot of them, you know, when when they're drafted, uh, a lot of them, it's it's going to be strength and conditioning, um, and and sometimes it's to no fault of their own. Maybe uh, they come from a place in the world where they don't have as much access uh, to either the facilities and or the proper way to train. Um, for most of them, right, it's going to be with the off-ice, it's going to be nutrition, it's going to be how, how we can help them become uh, stronger, faster, uh, things like that. But but there is the mental part, right, and um, it also depends on where they are uh, with that, you know, like if they're coming off of a big year, they're going to be, they're going to be riding the waves of confidence. Right. But if they're coming off of a year where there was a lot of ups and downs or an injury, then, uh, they, they may be fighting it a bit. And again, that's a, that's an important part of my job is, is to know where they're at. And, and a lot of times, Ryan, um, you know, I find that they, that's when they need me the most, right. Mm-hmm. Is when they're struggling. Yeah. Uh, not, not as much as when, when the waves of confidence are high and, and they're really playing well. It's usually if they're struggling either with an injury or, or confidence, uh, in, in some way, shape or form. I like to give your number to Chapman because, uh, you guys could have a real conversation. <laughs> uh, the guy that answered the phone <laughs> to you, uh, listen to me, uh, will uh, Lucas Cormier, like there, there's a great example, a guy that's been through all kinds of different, uh, situations and now he's, uh, about to turn pro, uh, and where, where, where's your interaction with him and, and how do you see him in this next step? Yeah. So Lucas, I'm glad you brought him up. He's a great example. So a year ago at this time, um, you know, he was just about to play his first exhibition game and, uh, and it was a great teaching point for Kelly McCrimmon and I, when we had our exit interview with, uh, or I should say exit meeting with Lucas, he had a, he had an outstanding first period outstanding because he let the puck work for him. He didn't try to force things, uh, especially, uh, on the offensive end. And he really struggled in that second period because he was doing a lot of things that I would refer to as kind of junior habits and a lot of things that, quite frankly, he could get away with um, at the junior level. So it was a great teaching moment for Krim and I when we met with him at the end of camp. And we talked to him about the importance of, of uh, playing the right way, that that first period of the exhibition game, that's how he needs to play. Uh, if he wants to be a full-time uh, player for, for the big club one day. And uh, the second period is what he needs to get away from, right? And I give that kid a 1,000% credit because he could have cheated the game, if you will, because he, he was their best player, right, in yeah. Charlottetown. So he knew he was going to play, and no matter how he played. But he really committed himself to uh, letting the puck work for him. He really committed himself to becoming better at defending, defending the rush, defending down low. And what happened, he not only had a great year point-wise, but he had a great year um, in the areas that he needed to grow. So I, I think that's a great example to bring up and a great example of a, of a young man who's bought into to all the things that he needs to do. 
Will Nickel is with us, Director of Player Development with the Vegas Golden Knights, and they start the rookie tournament uh, with practice on Thursday and then the first game on Friday, Ryan. Yeah, another name that I'm kind of looking at as as we get into these rookie games is going to be Ivan Morozov, and just to kind of see how he translates in in game-type settings, where where is Ivan kind of in terms of that development and kind of managing expectations of wanting to make, you know, the, the Golden Knights? Uh, he's he's been a really fun one to work with. Uh, I've been able to work with uh, with Ivan for for four years, um, and uh, you know he 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 endured quite a bit last year in the KHL because he had a lot of pressure on him to resign over there. Hmm. And when he made it very clear um, to his team over there that he was not going to resign, he was going to come over and play for us. Um, you know, they didn't treat him well. They did not treat him well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went through a lot. And uh, the year before that, Ryan, you know, he was the top-scoring player in the KHL under the age of 22. And uh, and he was only 20 years old that entire season. So he's got a tremendous amount of talent. Um, he's got a tremendous amount of will and resolve um, for what he went through last year. He's a kid that, you know, um, we got to make sure that we, we know that we have a ton of confidence in him. And we've got to, I, I equate him, if you ever saw the movie Seabiscuit, you know, when they say he just needs to know what it, what it means to be a horse again, and yeah. he just needs to get out and run, that, that, that's Yvonne. You know, he's a tremendous hockey player, a tremendous talent. We've got a ton of confidence in him, and it's our job to, uh, you know, to get him back and, uh, and play in the way that he's capable of playing. That's an awesome uh, way to phrase it with Seabiscuit. Uh, Brennan Brisson, like he is, he is a stud. He's got the one-timer. All, all eyes are on him. Um, you, you, you must talk to him about what he's going to experience with this training camp as a professional coming up. Well, Briss is a fun one to work with. Uh, there's not a lot of cloudy days, okay, yeah. but and, and he does have an an incredible one-timer. So um, the the former coach there at Michigan, Mel Pearson, you know, had Max Patch ready there as well. And he told me they have not had someone who can shoot the puck uh, like Brennan uh, since Max. You know, and so that that should give uh, Vegas Golden Knight fans an idea of how well this kid can shoot it. He's one of those, Darren, where there's really not a bad pass. He always finds a way to get around the puck. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'd say about Briss. There's a lot more to his game than that. He thinks it and sees it at a very high level. Um, I've, I've had a chance actually to watch a couple games with him, a couple NHL games, and it's really impressive to watch a game with him and you, you understand that he sees it at a very high level. Um, but to his credit, you know, he's really, he's another one for the last two years, he's added to his game. So when he made the World Junior team, he was asked to take on the role of pretty much a checking forward. Right. And he bought into it. And I told him, I said, this is going to help you as a pro, you know, and, and help help add to your game right now by doing this. And he did and did a great job when he was with the Olympic team. If you recall, he started out as a 13th forward right in that first game and scored the first goal of the Olympics for Team USA and then ended up getting into that regular uh, four-line rotation, some power play time. So, He's never had it easy. He's always had to earn it. He's not afraid to earn it. And uh, I think I think there's a lot to be excited about with him uh, as a young prospect here for, for the VGK. 
Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, looking forward to hooking up and connecting with uh, with you, of course. I, the only thing I, I'm puzzled about uh, before I let you go is, like, I send you a text, and you get back to me right away, and there's, like, yeah. 800 people sending you texts like <laughs> with, with all the people that you know. I don't know how you do it uh, well, and get back to people so fast. That's not entirely true. I don't get that many, but um, I try to get back to people as quickly as possible, and I've gotten to work. I've been lucky enough to work with George uh, since 2011, and he's as good as anybody at getting back to people via email, via text, and I don't think I'm ever busier than him, so he's a he's a great role model for me on a lot of fronts. But uh, he, he's he's great at that as well. You're right about that with George and and getting back yeah. to people. Whereas yeah. I just let people sit, and then I say <laughs> ah, I forgot about that. Or my famous one is I typed this last night. I forgot to hit send. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's my fa- yeah, favorite yeah, excuse. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. But, that does happen. That does you're, happen. You're way better out a couple of times. <laughs> Of course you have, uh, Ryan. I, uh, Will, uh, safe travels uh, you get in, and uh, and can't wait to connect with you for a cup of coffee. Yeah, anytime, you guys. I really appreciate it. And anytime I want to talk about the prospects, you know, as you know, it's uh, what I'm passionate about, and I always enjoy doing it. So. Yeah, you are a wealth of knowledge, uh, my friend. Uh, thanks for doing this, buddy. Okay, thanks so much, guys. There's Will Nickel, Director of Player Development, and I'm going to lean on him this year. Mm-hmm to come on our show and just update us uh, maybe once every three weeks to a month and just uh, keep us up to date with everybody from Henderson to Savannah to the prospects uh, playing junior hockey and overseas, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, I I would love that. I I think that the insight we got just today from Will about some of those players that I think we're really going to clue in on um, was invaluable and and yeah, anytime we can get Will on the program, especially since, you know, he, he understands that you need, to be to get that instant gratification when you reach out to him because he knows how to work you the way that uh, he he works with his uh, with the prospects. I, I think yeah. that's perfect. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, says, "I always feel smarter after <laughs> talking to Will." Yeah, yeah, I get you it. You get it, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure, hundred percent, absolutely. And nobody's ever said that to me. They said I've been entertained, <clears throat> but never said I've been feel smarter. After yeah, that. there'll be a first time for everyone. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, of brilliance, yes. uh, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with something else. <laughs> uh, it's uh, catching up with Chapman next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So earlier in the show, you guys were talking about the Coachella Valley Firebirds, and I was doing some research, and I found out this little statistic or little fact about the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So they will be playing in the Acroshore Arena. However, Acroshore Arena will not officially open until December 18th, which means that when the season starts, they will have to spend the first month and a half away from Coachella Valley. So hmm. they will be playing their games at Climate Pledge Arena hmm. while they await Acroshore Arena to be built. The Henderson Silver Knights will be the second team to play at the Coachella Valley or Acroshore Arena on December 23rd. It's actually a home and away. Henderson will host them on the 22nd and they will, I assume, get on the bus and head to Coachella Valley for the game on the 23rd. They will not, however, have an opportunity to play at Climate Pledge Arena because they play the Firebirds earlier 
in December, the second and third to be exact, but those two games are at the Dollar Loan Center. So no Climate Pledge Arena games for the Henderson Silver Knights, right. but still a pretty cool little little fact that they actually will be playing games at Climate Pledge Arena while they wait for their arena to be built. You know why the players are happy for they, Coachella? Warm weather, sun. They, that they get to play all those games at Climate Pledge? Hmm. Why? Per diem. Ah. Hmm. There you go. Yeah. That's See, I'm always cool. thinking. Yeah, yeah, no. I always think of tax-free cash in my pocket. Do you ever think about like what the per diem is for like guys in the NFL or NHL, like what they get for for being on the road? No, I don't know what it is. No, no, but it, it would be pretty cool, like to to get that. I mean, on top of your pay, you get you know, hey, you're in New York, you're getting X amount of dollars to go a out buddy to mine, uh, Nick Kiprios. Second time I mentioned him today, uh, actually. Uh, so he played for Washington. He broke into the National Hockey League. And back then, they used to get their per diem in little brown envelopes. And so he was on the bus, and he puts up against the window and just, like, rests it there Mm -hmm. on the bus. But if you've been on one of those buses, there's little spaces there. It slips down between the steel and inside the window, (laughs) inside the bus. And it's like a six-game road trip. Oh, no. His cash is gone. Never got it back. Brutal. Never got it back. Well, whoever whoever took that bus apart was probably pretty happy. I know. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Making out. Insane. Unreal. That's That's great. And and when you're a rookie, you're a young guy, that, that cash is big. Especially if you have to buy a dinner or two. Oh, Coachella. Coachella Valley. Love it. Against Henderson, AHL rivalry. Ready to go. Uh, thanks to Will Nickel for stopping by today. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow from Fox Sports Las Vegas.